0: We're in the book of Numbers, as is no surprise to you, and each chapter is a bit of a surprise to me as I study it. The chapter before us tonight is a chapter on dying. Uh, There is the inevitability of dying. Each of us in our lives uh, um, will be touched by it. A chapter on dying is unavoidable for any of us. That's the way it is this chapter gives rise to the subject. Everybody dies, but not necessarily in the same manner. Uh, At the beginning of this chapter, it's chapter 20, um, Miriam died. And at the end of the chapter, her brother Aaron dies. Uh, The the introduction to the chapter, the conclusion to the chapter, the the parentheses is death. And then there's... There's stuff in the middle. It's just that inevitable. So uh, let's take a look. Let's just reflect on a few verses to see the manner in which this particular character, Aaron, died. Here's how it begins. It's uh, towards the end. It's chapter 20, verse 22. we just look at a few verses. Numbers 20, verse 22. It says, now, when they, those are the Israelites, as you know, they're on the way to the promised land. They're not there yet. However, when they set out from Kadesh, Kadesh, it's a Hebrew word, means holy, uh, the sons of Israel, the whole congregation came to Mount Hor. That's the name of the place. Location of it is fairly uncertain. Some think it's at a place called Jebel Harun. That's an Arabic name, Mount of Harun. Probably about 18 miles from this encampment, just to give you a mooring point. Uh, Mount Hor, probably about 18 miles away from, from Kadesh. If you've been to Petra or uh, know something of Petra, it's not far from Petra. Mount Hor is near Petra. Well then, verse 23, the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron. By the way, what's their relationship? Aside from ministry, I mean. Yeah, they're brothers. Okay, make note of this. Moses and Aaron... Uh, the Lord spoke to them at Mount Hor by the border of the land of Edom. So if you're standing in the land of Canaan, what is now modern-day Israel, look to the right. That's what we're talking about, Edom, present-day Jordan. Edom in particular will be the southern part of Jordan, the land of Esau. Uh, so, so this is what the Lord said to them there at the border of the land. He said, verse 24, Aaron will be gathered to his people For he shall not enter the land. He will not enter the land of promise, which I have given to the sons of Israel. Here's the reason why. Because you rebelled against my command at the waters of Meribah. You remember that? God said, speak to the rock. They hit the rock pretty much in anger. And so this was not good. Take Aaron and his son Eleazar and bring them up to Mount Hor. Aaron had a few sons, actually. Two of them were older, uh, but they're not in the picture anymore because they were killed. Do you remember they offered strange fire? Not all fire offered in worship is acceptable to God. It may be hot, but it may be unacceptable at the same time. Nadab and Abihu, uh, Aaron's older sons did that. They offered strange fire, and they are no more. Uh, This one, Eliezer... He's the heir apparent to Aaron's priesthood. So he's mentioned. So take Aaron and his son Eliezer. So there'd be three. There'd be Moses, Aaron, and Eliezer. Take them. Bring them up to Mount Hor. And strip Aaron of his garments. That is to say his priestly garments. The indication of his calling. And put them on his son. Past the mantle, in other words. Put them on Eliezer. So Aaron will be gathered to his people. And he will die there. So Moses did, just as the Lord commanded. And they went up to Mount Hor, and in the sight of all the congregation, if you get the picture, congregation at the base of the mountain, and these three alone ascend to the heights. After Moses had stripped Aaron, Moses did this. Moses, one brother, took off the priestly garments from the other. After Moses stripped Aaron of his garments and put them on his son Eliezer, Aaron died there on the top, And then Moses and Eliezer came down from the mountain. Three went up, two came down. Well, when all the congregation saw that Aaron had died, they did the math. Three went up, two came down. One is missing. Who is he? It's Aaron. Aaron is gone. A beloved one who served them well for many years, when they saw that he had died, all the house of Israel, the entire congregation wept for Aaron for 30 days. Aaron died, and the people were deeply affected by it. They grieved, but it wasn't just the people who were affected by this. Did you know God himself did not take this lightly? We know this because God saw in advance the very time of Aaron's departure, and in fact, it is so significant to God, the departure of one of his own, that he recorded it for us down to this very day, I'll read this to you, Numbers, it's chapter 33, verses 38 and 39, then Aaron the priest went up to Mount Hor, so that's a kind of a reference to where we are now, it's in chapter 33, and he did this at the command of the Lord, and he died there in the 40th year... After the sons of Israel had come from the land of Egypt on the first day of the fifth month, you see how the very specific time of Aaron's death was noted, marked, and recorded down to this very day by Almighty God. Aaron was 123 years old when he died on Mount Hor. A death affects humankind, loved ones. And it also affects the giver of life, who grieves as well. Wasn't supposed to be this way, folks. We decided, first man, to do things our way. The consequence thereof is death and dying. That's just the way it is. And it affects God in a great way. He takes note of it. So we learn something about death. And that is to say, one, grieving uh, for the loved one who has departed is very acceptable and normal. Have you ever run into someone who has said, you should be over it by now? You will find yourself another counselor. That is a person who doesn't understand the process of grief. You do not, we do not put a time limit on the grieving process. It's different for everybody. Listen, officially, formally, corporately, everybody grieved for 30 days. But by the way, that's just the corporate public grieving. Who knows how long thereafter individual ones were processing through Aaron's departure. Grief is not an indication of lack of faith, it's an indication of the manifestation of God given emotions. Do not let anyone rob you of your permission to grieve. By the way, if you're grieving, if your hurt feelings, Are denied, they get buried underground. They get buried alive and they come out. So the best thing to do is to grieve. It's a normal process. There'll be a day when there will no longer be any mourning or crying or tears. I know that. There'll be a day. He shall wipe away every tear. I love the image. He, the Lord himself, will personally administer comfort to those who hitherto have been grieving. He shall wipe away with some perhaps divine handkerchief, I don't know, every tear from their eyes, and there shall no then no longer be any death or dying. But right now it's very much, it's very much we're born to die, that, and it is appointed for all men to die once. Grieving over it is a very, very legitimate thing and then if you think of Moses, you know, he's a lawgiver. He's the leader, but he's just a human. Can you imagine what it must have been for him? He just lost his sister, Miriam, a few months ago. He, he barely got over that. She's gone. It's three kids, Miriam, the sister, the, the, she's gone. A few months later, now the brother is gone. And then there is Moses, if you get the picture. Moses is taking off his priestly garments, the tunic, the the ephod, then the the breast piece. You know, can you imagine what that hands-on experience must have done? Can you see how it it must have triggered all kinds of legitimate God-given emotions? It's the way it is. In fact, notice in verse 28, Moses had stripped Aaron of his garments. Moses did this. It was not the funeral director. It was not impersonal. It was not a third-party disposition of the body of his brother. It was hands-on. Oh, my goodness. It must have hurt him enormously for sure. Undoubtedly, he was grieving. This is absolutely normal. God knows this. And he himself does not take a person's death lightly. Absolutely not. In fact, he was, as I pointed out, very, very specifically and precisely aware of the timing of Aaron's death. And if you believe in the sovereignty of God as, I, as, as we ought, I think God determined, you might even say predetermined, the time of Aaron's passing. For one thing, it was necessary by God's mandate for Aaron to pass on before he passed into the promised land. Isn't that true? As a result of the penalty um, imposed upon his brother Moses, who himself soon will die also before he makes it to the promised land. As a result of their uh, rather rebellious outburst and misrepresentation, of a gracious and holy God at the waters of Meribah, uh, God said, you will not see, you will not enter into the promised land, and so I think it's an undeniable truth that Aaron, though he was part of the covenant, uh, Aaron, uh, Aaron's misbehavior, Aaron's transgression hastened his demise. I don't think we could get away from that, so it's pretty serious, uh, his death was hastened by his own, his own sin, and God determined that it would happen at this time before he could enjoy uh, the land of promise. H- however, though all this is true and, and undeniable, uh, I, I don't want you to miss something. The manner, the timing of Aaron's death was very much hastened by his own sin, but the manner of his death was very much characterized by the grace of God. I want, I want to show you. He passed with honor and with love and with respect and, and with hope. And God himself uh, orchestrated all of it. Aaron, get the picture, ascended. No, it wasn't a deep, dark valley. He ascended this particular mountain. And he ascended it with the two people then left alive who were probably closest to him, his only surviving and remaining son, and his brother, Moses. The three of them went arm in arm, hand in hand, shoulder to shoulder, each step not bringing them down, bringing them up. And from that vantage point, listen, when he made it to the peak of Mount Hor, he had this view. You have, to, you have to enter in and try to get it. He could look down, and he could see the whole congregation there. They weren't permitted to go up. They remained down there. But from his vantage point, Aaron could look down, and he could reflect, and he could say, he could say, ah. It's been good. Thank you, God, for letting me part of, be, me be part of them. Thank you for letting me minister to them. It wasn't always in accordance with your perfect standards for sure, but it was satisfying. It was fruitful. And oh, God, as I looked down to them, then he would look over here. He would look forward. And he would say, as I look down to them and consider from whence you have brought us all from bondage uh, to wilderness to <gasps> promised land. God did this. What a view back for satisfaction. What a view forward for hopefulness. God did, God did all this. And so he ascended, notice... He ascended in priestly garb. It wasn't until he was on the mountain and out of view from the population, from the congregation, uh, that the garments signifying his priestly office were removed. Oh no, God would not have, would not have him humiliated or embarrassed or, or ashamed or stripped of his office in a humili- humiliating, punitive way and, so the people saw their first high priest. Aaron is the first high priest. Aaron saw. Uh, Aaron went up as their first high priest in full priestly regalia, with honor and respect. And they saw him go this way. God saw. God saw to it. There would be no change of clothes for this choice vessel until his time on earth was over. And then he would take off the garments of this life and put on the garments of the next. So too will you. (laughs) We grieve when we hear the responses of people as we saw in the video about dying. If I get over my alcoholism, I may go to heaven. If I get my life together, I may go to heaven. I don't know about eternity I'm an atheist. I don't know. I don't know. I don't care. I don't care. I am just an animal. I'm like an animal. All that is of me, my entity, my my, my essential makeup, I'm just physical. I have no soul. I have no... I am a rock. No. I am created in the image of Almighty God. I have spirit. I have soul. And this body is just a vehicle. It doesn't define my essential nature. In fact, when I leave it behind, that is the very, very indication that my spirit goes on. Because for the believer, to be absent from the body is to be... That's the only option. That's a good one, isn't it? So uh, this is what happens. And he passes when his time was... Up, Not one minute too soon, as God reckoned it. Not one minute too fast. It's a rough world. It's unsafe everywhere, don't you think? But if you are in Christ, did you know you're immortal? You'd be in the battle zone. You are immortal until it's time. (laughs) And then you're going... You are going, I don't care how many alarm systems you got. You're out of here. <laughs> but the world circumstances don't determine your destiny. The God you surrendered to, who bought you, who redeemed you, ransomed you with a price, who owns you, who is your Lord. He determines the timing of your departure. You're immortal until he says, come home. So anyway, it was time for Aaron, but he was not released as some kind of a disembodied spirit into utter darkness. I love the descriptive term for his departure. In fact, it is repeated two times, first in verse 24, then in verse 26. Did you notice it? Aaron will be gathered to his people. I want us to feast on the word. Aaron will be gathered to his people. What does it mean? Some people think it means Aaron was laid to rest in the family burial plot. It can't mean that. You know why? He was buried on Mount Hor alone. That wasn't the family burial plot. It can't mean that. Some people mean, no, it's just a poetic expression to talk about the fate common to humankind. To be gathered to his people means he just died like everybody dies. That is not true, folks, because if you study the phrase in Scripture, as I had the privilege of doing this past week, I found out, much to my delight, it's a phrase only used in association with those who die in right relationship with the giver of life. It is never a phrase used in, an, uh, in association with the death of the unrighteous. So let me just take the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and just share with you uh, about each. Genesis 25, verse 8. Abraham breathed his last and died in a ripe old age, an old man, and satisfied with life. And here is the phrase, And he was gathered to his people. Same phrase. Genesis 35, verse 29. We move from Abraham to Isaac. Isaac breathed his last and died. And here's the phrase. Was gathered to his people. An old man of ripe age and his sons Esau and Jacob buried him. Now, from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob, Genesis 49, verse 33, when Jacob finished charging his sons, he drew his feet into the bed and breathed his last and was gathered to his people. The phrase, and he was gathered to his people, folks, that is an Old Testament reference to a reality beyond the grave. See, what happens in the Old Testament is not that it's old in the sense that it's old and moldy and you leave it alone. No, 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 no. It's, we're beginning in the Old Testament. We progress from it to the clearer, fuller fulfillment of all that's in the old in the new. So in um, in seed form, the notion of... Uh, immortality of life after the grave is introduced to us in the old and it is specified and clarified and filled in when you get when you get to the new but the concept of eternity and life after death unlike some of the responders in the video in the in the old testament is encapsulated in the phrase and he was gathered to his people that means you die you're buried And then if you are in right standing with the giver of life, you meet up with others similarly situated. You are gathered together with ones like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and others who are in right relationship with Almighty. By the way, you understand that's what righteousness is? Righteousness doesn't mean necessarily that you're living rightly, because nobody are. Righteousness means right-standing, not right-living. We live rightly because we stand rightly by God's grace in a relationship with Him, you see. So these, as a result of covenant, were in right-standing with God, and as a result, when they passed, it says of them they were, they were gathered to their people. And note this. It cannot be human perfection, right living, merit, good deeds, or virtue that ensures one will be gathered to his people. Why do I say that? Aaron was none of those things. (laughs) This is the same Aaron. Do you remember when his brother was called up on Mount Sinai to receive the law of God? Do you remember he caved in under pressure from the crowd and participated in the fashioning of an alternative object of worship to Almighty God? They got bored. They couldn't wait for Moses to come down with the law of God. They made this molten golden calf thing. They took all their jewelry. They put it together to make their God. They bowed down to it. Listen, folks, this is a little more severe than missing choir practice. This dude who's the high priest of Israel said, Worship the cow. Instead of God. You understand what I... That's the same Aaron we're reading about here who was gathered to his people. And then just a few chapters ago at Meribah, you know, just to remind you again, he participated with his brother in an insurrection against God. And and, uh, instead of doing what God wanted them to do with regard to the rock from which water would graciously be provided, they they browbeated the people. They hit the rock. I mean, this is... You know who Aaron is? you and me he's an enigma good stuff came out of him bad stuff came out of him just like you and me and so it can't be on the basis of his goodness says <laughs> that he received the guarantee he would be gathered to his people it has to be on the basis of the fact that he was rightly related in a covenant by faith with a gracious god who gave him this blessed reality after the grave. It has to be that. It cannot be attributed to anyone and anything other than the grace of Almighty God. And so he was gathered to his people because he was in a covenant relationship. Are you in a covenant relationship with God? You do not answer to me. You have to figure that. You have to answer that to yourself. Are you rightly related to God? Aaron was a sinner. But upon his death, he was gathered to his people. He was not driven away into darkness. He was not cut off. He was gathered. And all this in spite of his glaring misdeeds. By the grace of his covenant God, after he died and after he was buried, he was gathered And folks, this is the destiny of all the righteous who pass on. This is the destiny of all those who are in right standing with a holy God. This is the reality reserved, but only for them. To remain, therefore, ungathered, if I could coin a word, to remain ungathered, that is to say, cut off from God. To be cut off from God, to be ungathered, Don't you see? That's the worst inevitability there could possibly be. To be ungathered, to be cut off from God is the worst it could be. And that's the very destiny reserved for those who pass on without being rightly related to the giver of life. That is exactly what happens. So I want to read to you a passage. Uh, It's from Jeremiah, and it's true of his day. But I think as I read it to you, you'll see, oh my goodness, it's true of our day. So let me read this to you. Jeremiah 25, uh, beginning in verse 31. Jeremiah 25, 31. I'll read you a little bit. A clamor has come to the end of the earth. Good night. We might as well read this on the Front page of the newspapers of the day, a clamor, noise, unsettledness has come to the end of the earth because the Lord has a controversy with the nations. Do you think that's true today? Someone asked me the other day, the uh, the weather, the earthquake, the hurricanes, the this, the that, the upheaval in the Middle East, the economy, the this, the that, do you think that's a manifestation of the judgment of God? Yes, I do. Are you kidding? Y- yes. We're trying an experiment. It's life without God, and God is saying, How's it working for you? <laughs> the Lord has a controversy with the nations, just like today. He is entering into judgment with all flesh. As for the wicked, he has given them to the sword, declares the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Behold, evil is going forth from nation to nation, and a great storm is being stirred up from the remotest parts of the earth. Those slain by the Lord on that day Here's the part I wanted to emphasize. Those slain by the Lord on that day, a future day, will be from one end of the earth to the other. They will not be lamented. You won't grieve over them. They will not be lamented. Now get this. They will not be gathered or buried. They will be like dung on the face of... Of the ground. I did not write this. I'm simply reading it. Those with whom God is at odds because they are alienated from him, ones with whom God has a controversy, will die and remain ungathered. But we who believe in Christ Jesus His merits, not our own, I did not say that. His merits, we who believe on what the Lord Jesus Christ has done in himself dying, rising up from it for our sin. We look forward, as did Aaron, not only to his coming, but also to our gathering together unto him. So we read this in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 1. The writer is getting people ready for the man of lawlessness, that's the context, Antichrist, and says this in 2 Thess 2:1. 2, now we request you brethren, meaning believers, brethren With regard, here are the phrases I want you to note, with regard to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together unto him. A redeemed person is going to be gathered together with all others who have redemption by faith Through grace in the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ for human sin. Aaron was not driven away into darkness, neither shall we be. Aaron was gathered, that is to say, taken home. So too shall we be. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 55 to 57. Oh, death. Right. Where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus has given us victory over death. Aaron, Israel's first high priest, not only could not give his people victory over death, he himself was subject to it. We serve a greater high priest. Can you see the movement from Old Testament to New Testament? Old Testament, Aaron. A high priest, a foreshadowing of the ultimate far better high priest who, who, who administers a far better covenant than did Aaron. Aaron couldn't give his people victory over death. Aaron died. The Lord Jesus could give his people victory over death. He died. Up from the grave he arose. You see? Hebrews 7, verses 23 to 25, with which I close. The former priests, of which Aaron was one, on the one hand existed in greater numbers because they were prevented by death from continuing. But Jesus. You ought to memorize those two words. I think you can do it. But Jesus. Incomparable. But Jesus. On the other hand, because he continues forever, holds his priesthood permanently. Therefore, he is able also to save forever those who draw near to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. I'm not tired of drawing near to God Through the Lord Jesus. I'm tired of life. Not such a good thing for a minister to admit to. I am. I don't like it here. I don't feel like I belong. I feel like an alien and a stranger passing through, just like my ancient forebears in the wilderness. I'm not Russian stuff. One step at a time to our place of promise, uh, and I, you will probably sprint when we get close to the to the to the to the finish line. It's tiresome. It's here. It's just. It's just a offensive. It's just a. I don't want to be here forever. I just don't. So as I draw near to God now, through Christ Jesus, I'm so glad to be assured of the fact I'm doing the right thing. So are you. Because he remains a high priest forever and ever. There's no no discontinuation of his office because he won victory over the last enemy. Aaron couldn't do it. But the great high priest, the Lord Jesus, won victory over the last enemy. Death. Tomorrow I'll officiate at a funeral of a man and we'll celebrate (laughs) because he passed in right relationship. We'll, with respect, dispose of the body. (laughs) And then we'll sing victory in Jesus. Because to be absent from the body is to be present, is is to be gathered is to be gathered with those who have called upon the name of the Lord of every ethnicity and gender every time <laughs> under the old covenant under the new covenant today <sighs> what a reunion are you kidding me what a what a it'll be heavenly we're really going to get along <laughs> Now, okay. Then, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And we'll gather around. We'll sing. We'll praise the one who is seated on the throne. Who knows? You might hear someone singing next to you. you look over and you go, it's Aaron. <laughs> You're going to be gathered. He's your peeps. You're going to be gathered. You're not some disembodied spirit. You don't go the way of the animals. You're not all physical. In fact, your, your physicality is the most insignificant part of who you are. Oh, no, you bear the imprint, the image of Almighty God, your creator. And then to be born anew means adoption into his forever family. Look. It's a rough day, but the best is yet to come. So we run the race with endurance, don't we? We don't stop. We continue to share the gospel. We continue to worship Almighty God. We continue to edify one another. We continue to give to causes that matter for eternity. We continue to pray We continue to go around the world to spread the word of salvation in Jesus Christ. We continue to do it for those who draw near to God through Christ Jesus are not doing so in vain. He always lives to make intercession for us. And then one day, either he comes first or we go to him. It doesn't matter, those are pretty good options then we lay behind our earthly garments just as Aaron did and we put on new and glorified bodies fit for eternity. And we praise Jesus forever. What a day. Lord Jesus, even as we think about it, we want to run to it. Oh, come quickly, Lord Jesus. And yet... You will not until you choose to. You are wise, you are good, you are gracious, and you want more to inhabit your house by faith. Thank you for not yet closing the door of opportunity to eternity with you. Bliss to be gathered, not to be ungathered cut off. Oh God, what a message. What a reality. Thank you for letting it take root in our lives. Help us to burn with a passion to share that message with others. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.